Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. This is the second week in our Each One Reach One, which I have to say slowly, series. (laughs) And Carl did a great job starting us off last week talking about the urgency of sharing the gospel and how it's not something that we need to put off, but something that we need to do right now. So I have a question for you guys. Would anyone here consider themselves an expert at anything? No takers? Sometimes, like last night, like a bunch of kids raised their hands, and that made my heart so happy. Um, Because if you know the stats for experts, it takes like 10,000 hours, or the equivalent of about 10 years to become an expert at something. And so uh, I don't know that my husband would consider himself an expert in this area, but with the amount of hours that he hunts, I feel like he's probably getting pretty close to that. Uh, And so we know and talk a lot about hunting in our family, and the outdoors and like we like to watch like YouTube videos of hunters and all you know all of the things and I am always amazed at how much prep work these hunters put into their hunts like they don't just show up and go kill something right they go and they scope out the place the land, they know where the watering holes are, they know where the valleys are, they know like what the elevation gain and loss is, whether this will be like a good spot. And not only do they know where they're going into, but they know about the animal that they're hunting, right? They know what's going to happen if it spooks, right? Here's something, or what happens if the wind changes, and they know exactly what to do in all of those situations. So that's my husband, that is not me. I'm just kind of along for the ride. But last fall, I had the opportunity to get a last minute over the counter uh, bull tag. And so, of course, I took my husband with me because what would I do without him? And we head out to this area that he knows like the back of his hand. Like he knows this area, there's always animals in it. It should be a really easy hunt. And we head out one morning and we find nothing. And I was just like, oh man, this is gonna take a long time and it's cold. Okay, all right. So we head back home um, just to kind of like warm up, get some food and rest before we go back out that evening. And as we're heading back out that night, well, no, as we got back to the house, I heard, I just felt like I heard these two unit numbers that I knew were kind of close by. And I was like, yeah, right, we would never hunt over there. We don't know anything about that. And uh, so then we, we rested. And as we're heading back out, we're like driving back to where we went that morning. And my husband says, Sarah, um, I feel like we're supposed to go to this other place. And I said, what? You're kidding me, right? This place is exactly between these two units that I had heard. So we were like, okay, all right, God, we're just going to do what you ask us to do. So essentially at this point, we're putting all that expert stuff away, right? And we're like, okay, God, you're just going to have to tell us what to do. So we go out, and sure enough, that night we find some elk, and we weren't able to get up close to them that night, but we went back out the next morning, and guys, I am not kidding. The Holy Spirit literally told us what road to go down, and then when we were hiking in, he was like, go forward. Okay, now go back. All right, be quiet. All right, get behind this tree. Okay, duck down. 
Like, literally, the Spirit told us every single move to make and led us, as we're walking through these trees, to this meadow. And as we kind of come to the edge of this meadow and the tree line, this herd of elk starts walking through. What? <laughs> right? We're like, oh my goodness, okay? So not only that, like, we've got this really good, like, kind of hidden space. We're in perfect shooting distance for me. And I'm able to actually sit there, have the scope and the gun and everything completely set up, calm down, breathe, watch multiple cow elk, like walk through my scope, you know, get my sights dialed in. Everything is able to be totally calm until this legal bull walks through and I'm able to get him. And I was so excited, right? It was my first, my first elk. It was very exciting. Thanks. <laughs> But really, like, for real, all glory to the Holy Spirit, because that wasn't me. <laughs> and, I mean, it was just so fun to see what happens when we just allowed the Holy Spirit to lead us in something as silly as hunting. And I don't know that we will ever have a hunt like that again. In fact, I think that that was a really specific thing that God was teaching us for this current season that we're in right now about being able to hear and obey. But it was so much fun. Um, so if we go back to talking about experts, would any of you just like, would your hand shoot up if I asked if you were an expert at evangelism? No takers? <laughs> Yay, that's me! No? Okay. So honestly, I'm going I'm to be really real with you guys. When Carl asked me to preach about evangelism, I was like, really? I, was, I have to? Like, could I, can I be on vacation that weekend? <laughs> because it wasn't something that I was very excited about because I have a little bit of a past with it. But, so if you sighed about this series title, like, know that, like, I was right there with you. But I'll tell you that as I've been getting ready for this sermon, God has done a huge work in my heart, and I am so excited to share with you what He has shown me these last few weeks getting ready for this. So I want to tell you a little bit about my history. So I grew up in a very uh, religious and legalistic Protestant church. And um, in high school, we were actually taken and sent to like evangelism training camps in the summer. And we would spend all morning at these camps learning apologetics, learning how to defend our faith, essentially learning how to like argue for why we were right. Um, and then in the afternoons, we'd be dropped off at a college campus, like a state college campus, and sent out to just talk to stranger college kids. And so what happened with that, and I think some of this is my personality because I'm very black and white, I'm an Enneagram One and a perfectionist, and I kind of tend towards thinking that things are either right or they're wrong. So when you add that on top of this upbringing and then training in how to prove that you're right. I really thought of evangelism more like my way to prove that I was right and they were wrong. And I could like win, right? And you know, that's not really like what it's about. Now, I'm not saying that there's not good things about apologetics training. In fact, I think the science behind the Bible is like super fascinating and I can totally be a nerd about it. Um, but the focus on it, Something was missing, right? I had all the truth, but I didn't, I didn't have that grace piece. And just, I could just tell that there was something missing. I was, it, it did a lot. Like I got into a lot of arguments with people. I probably hurt a lot of people. Um, and I'm not, but I don't want to say that like God can't use that, right? Because God did use that. I was probably the kid who brought the most friends to church in my whole youth group. 
And in fact, I was uh, back in my hometown a few years ago and getting uh, fuel at the gas station, and this guy walked up to me. It was a guy that I had gone to high school with, and he said, Sarah, I just, I have to tell you how grateful I am that you told me about Jesus in high school. I'm so thankful because I went to the military after high school, and I was put in situation after situation where literally the only thing that got me out alive was my faith in God. So thank you for bringing me to church. So I think that that's great. Like God can use that absolutely. But my heart was not in the right place. And what ended up happening was that I thought that evangelism was all about me. I thought that it was about my strength and my power and my knowledge and what I could do on my own. Because you see, I wasn't the church that I was raised in. We didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit. We didn't really talk about hearing God's voice. And I know now, all of these years later, that that was what was missing. That it was a partnership that was missing. And so as I've learned um, how to hear God's voice, it's been such a huge game changer for me. And so it's, I'm super passionate about helping other people hear God's voice for that. Because if we're talking about spirit-led evangelism, like we can't do that if we can't hear, right? Like there's just, it's not possible. And so I know that some of you guys are like seasoned in hearing God's voice and you know what his voice sounds like and you walk in that confidently. And I think that that's amazing. Praise God for that. But there's some of you in this room today that didn't grow up knowing that, that don't have a relationship with being able to hear God's voice. In fact, maybe you've never heard his voice. So I want to talk to you guys about that just a little bit right now. So God speaks to each of us in very different and unique ways because we're all unique and he loves us each uniquely. So for, I think all of us, could say that he'll speak to us through his word. And that's why it's so important to be in his word every single day, like Pastor Carl says. And in the Bible, and I've heard that this happens today too, that God speaks to people audibly, like in a loud, booming voice. Um, that has never happened to me, but I do hear that it happens. I think for the majority of us though, God speaks to us inaudibly through feelings, or thoughts. Sometimes he gives us pictures. Some of us hear him really clearly just being out in nature. And so we use the word hear, but that's not necessarily, it's not something that you necessarily hear, right? And so I want to say this today, that if you've never heard God's voice before, I want you to know that your spiritual ears work just fine, even if you've never heard him before. In fact, I think that some of you may hear him for the very first time today. And that's going to be awesome. So I want to do a little exercise really quick. So I just want you guys to close your eyes and bow your heads. And when I tell you, I want you to say your name to yourself, like in your head, your first, middle, and last name, go. Okay, that's what God's voice sounds like. Yeah, for most of us, that's exactly what his voice sounds like. Because you see, it's his spirit inside of us that we hear. So it just sounds like your thoughts. So it doesn't have to be this outwardly huge experience. And here's the other thing, if you're not used to hearing his voice, don't be intimidated and think that you're gonna hear his voice and suddenly have to like, go give some prophecy to the nations. Like, it's not, oh, that would just be a lot, right? We can hear him in all of the little ways. So some of my favorite questions to ask um, when, when we're just starting out in this is, Jesus, what's your favorite thing about me? Or, God, when was the time that I made you proud? So families, 
I just want to take a second right now, and I want to talk specifically to those of you who have kids. Because if you don't have this skill, I want you to know it's really, really important to teach your kids this school as young as possible. And it's okay if you missed out on that and your kids are older, you can do this at any time. But think about it, grown-ups. Like, when we try to hear God's voice, there's a lot of years of fear and doubt and worry and all kinds of other distractions that get in the way, right, that keep us from hearing His voice. And there's a reason why Jesus says that we should have faith like a child because they just hear well. They don't have all of that built up that's messing with them. And so I want to encourage you parents to start young and do it often. I think that this is one area of discipleship that's the most important for you to do, because here's the ramifications of that. When your child at a young age knows their father's voice, and they grow up with that, what happens when they're a teenager and some kid at school calls them an ugly name? Who are they going to believe? That kid or their father's voice who they know, right? And when their friends are trying to get them to do something that might be a poor choice for them, they're going to be able to hear God's voice and act that out. And not only that, but to be able to share with their friends about why they have hope or why they choose to live differently. They have a confidence in that. So Lisa Max, you can write that name down. She has really great resources for this if you want to dive into it more. I can't talk any more about it today, but Lisa Max is awesome for that. So let's take this idea of hearing God's voice and let's pair that with evangelism. So what does the word evangelism actually mean? It means a bringer of good tidings. Well, that should be pretty easy, right? I mean, most of us can like bring good tidings to people, right? I mean, like tell them about good things. Maybe we learned about this new product or heard this new song and we like share it with people. I mean, it's a pretty natural thing to do to tell other people about things that seem good to us. So if it should be so easy, why is it so hard? Well, I think a lot of us or like I was in high school, and you believe the lie that it is up to you, that like it is your responsibility to save people. And so you're carrying around this huge burden of what it is that you're supposed to do. But let's take a look at what the Bible says is actually our job in this. So let's turn to the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. A lot of you probably can just say this along with me, but it says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. All right, let's look at the verbs in this. Go, make, baptize, and teach. Nowhere in there does it say save, right? We're just told to go when we're told to. And that, guys, that requires action. You can't do any of those things while you're binge-watching Netflix, and you can't do it when you're walking around with your AirPods in your ears. We've got to be postured and ready to hear and then obey. All right, so we know how to hear, and we know what God wants us to do. We know it's not all up to us. So why don't we go do it? Anybody just kind of scared when it comes to sharing Christ? I am. You guys, I literally will like pull up at a grocery store and walk in and keep my head down and not make eye contact with anybody because I'm so scared that God might ask me to talk to somebody. What is that? But I do it all the time. Please don't, God, please don't ask me. Because 
What am I afraid of? What if I forget what to say? Or what if they know more than I do? What if I get it wrong? Or here's one that I think a lot of us probably feel like, what if they get angry? I mean, our culture is not super Christian friendly right now, right? What if we offend somebody? That's a real fear, guys, and it's okay to just admit that that's what is going on. So let's take a look back at Matthew 28 real quick. We're going to jump up, and we're going to look at verse 16. This is before the Great Commission. It says, The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped, and get this, but some doubted. I just love that. I've never even noticed that before, have you? Some doubted. Now hold on just a minute. Okay, how many of you have watched The Chosen? So I love that show. And the reason why I love that show is because the disciples are so human. Like, they bicker with each other. They have fights with their wives. Like, they're just like you and me. They're just totally human. And I mean, I'm reading this in Matthew, and I'm like, hold on. These guys have been with Jesus for three entire years. They've watched him do miracles. They've been sent out and done miracles on their own, right? They've watched Jesus die. They watched him come back to life. It is incredible, right? And yet they're sitting here and they're still doubting. So if you feel afraid about any of this or you feel doubtful, know that you are in such good company. And, I mean, this is, like, Jesus leaves, right? And that's, like, the end of the book. And the disciples are just left doubting and with this really big job that Jesus is giving them. But if we turn over to Acts, we see something shift in a huge way suddenly. And suddenly, the gospel is spreading like wildfire, and thousands are being saved. And it says over and over and over again in Acts that the disciples and the apostles were proclaiming the word of God boldly. So let's look at Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says, When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Only one thing changes between the end of Matthew and all of this craziness that happens in Acts, and it's what? It's the Holy Spirit. It is so, so cool to get this. And in fact, I, as I was like reading through this section of Acts to get ready for this sermon, I was amazed because it calls Peter and John. It says that they were uneducated and untrained men. Does anybody feel uneducated and untrained in any of this? Yeah, I love you guys raised your hands for that. Great. It's so good. Guys, they called Peter and John uneducated and untrained, and yet over and over again, it talks about them proclaiming the word of God boldly because, not of them, but because of the Holy Spirit. I would super encourage you guys over the next couple weeks to just spend time in the beginning of Acts. Because if we want to see a fruit, if we want to see the word of God spread just like it did then, we need to be pretty familiar with like what's going on that's causing that, right? And it's the work of Jesus through the Holy Spirit that actually allows all of that to happen. See, I think that the Holy Spirit is the answer to all of those fears that we talked about. 
So I'm going to give you a few verses really, really fast about that. Mark 13 and 11, it says, For it isn't you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Luke 12, 11 through 12, the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very moment, not three weeks before, at that very moment what must be said. John 14, 26, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. That is encouraging, church. Because, guys, see what this means? is that we don't have to be the experts because he's the expert. Think about that person who maybe came to your mind last week during church, or maybe that stranger that you saw holding a sign outside a city market, or somebody that you saw in the store, or that friend or family member that you have. You don't have to be the expert on them because guess who's the, he is the expert on them. He knows how many hairs are on their head. He knows every hurt, every pain, every hard thing that they've walked through. And he knows all of that about you too. And so when he places them on your heart, it's because he knows that you have exactly what you need to be able to minister and share his word with them because he's the expert in all of this. So I really love it when, um, <laughs> when God shows me and reveals things to me, like through cultural media things. I don't know if you know that, but even in like totally mainstream stuff, like there is a spiritual undercurrent always because God is so good and so above all that culture would like to put out. So I'm watching the Super Mario Brothers movie with my kids last weekend. Have any of you guys seen that? Or even like, did you play the game as a kid? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, so you'll get it, even if you haven't seen the movie. All right, so in the movie, Mario is just a plumber. And he's actually like this really like short dude. And he comes up to this obstacle course that he has to complete in order to move on in his journey. And there, I'm telling you, there is no way that he's going to be able to do this. I mean, he's just way too little. And Princess Peach is next to him, and she, she kind of walks over to this little, like, block, and she, you know, punches it, like, bloop, you know, just like in the video game, and out pops this mushroom, and she hands it to Mario, and suddenly he, like, grows to twice his size, right, just like in the game. And all of a sudden, it actually looks like there's a chance that he's going to be able to figure out this obstacle course. Now, he doesn't just suddenly go and do it, but he has what he needs to be able to practice and he practices a long, long time until he's finally able to get it. And I was watching, as I was watching it, God just showed me that that's how we are too. Like on our own, like we, we don't have a whole lot to offer. And we're up against some pretty big obstacles. And we need something that is outside of us to come in and give us the power and the authority and the courage and the boldness that we need to be able to share his news and move forward because we were never meant to do it on our own. Church, there's this amazing opportunity that we have because Jesus, he didn't leave and give us the Holy Spirit and then say, okay, now wait around until I get back and the kingdom of God returns, did he? No, he gave us the Holy Spirit to be able to fulfill what he was asking us to do, which is bring heaven to earth. And we have access to the kingdom of heaven because 
of the Holy Spirit. And so we can reach into the kingdom of heaven and we can pull it down. And not just for us, not just for our own benefit, but we can use that and we can share it and let it be the overflow of our lives to the entire world around us, to our friends, to our family members, to this community. Because let me tell you right now, our community, our nation, our state, they are so desperately in need of the word of God and the love and the truth and the goodness of Jesus. And we don't have to do it on our own because we're pipelined in through the Holy Spirit to the kingdom of heaven and we can release that to people. It is such an incredibly wonderful thing that God has asked us to partner with him on. So I want to go and I want to look at, uh, at one person in the Bible. It's actually the only person in the Bible who's called an evangelist, and that's Philip. So if you guys want to go to Acts chapter 8, and we'll start in verse 26. I've read this story so many times, and I never noticed the things that I noticed preparing for this. So an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Okay, so God spoke to him, right? Get up and go. Oh, he asked him to move. Surprising, huh? South to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So what did Philip do? He got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. Okay, watch this next part. The Spirit told Philip, all right, he speaks to him again. What does he say? Go and join that chariot. And oh my gosh, I love this next part so much. It says, when Philip ran up to it, it did not say that Philip walked. It did not say that Philip drug his feet or asked God, do I have to do this? No, Philip ran with enthusiasm after what God was asking him to do. He heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? Now the story goes on and Philip is actually able to help bring some understanding to this eunuch of what he's reading from the prophet Isaiah. And he actually brings this guy to the Lord. Like he, like he believes in Jesus because of Philip's yes. And not only that, but they find water and they baptize him. It is like such a beautiful story of what happens. And the only thing that Philip did was he did what he was being asked to do. I think that is so, so, so cool. I want to share with you guys a testimony from Gina about what her life was like growing up in a place, um, a very religious place, and moving into a place where she actually knew and understood who Jesus was and uh, the role of the Holy Spirit in her life. So let's watch that. So I grew up Catholic and went to Mass every Sunday and a lot of Wednesday mornings early before school with my mom. Did all the good Catholic girl things, got confirmed when I think I was 12. Um, went to confession a lot and um, didn't know really anything beyond Catholicism. Lots of rules, lots of feeling guilty. Um, didn't know anything about Jesus really. Um, so when I was 14, I was invited to a summer camp 
with another denomination. Um, some friends went with me. And on Wednesday night, the magical night, um, the leader shared the gospel and talked about Jesus and how he wanted to have a personal relationship with me, a friendship with me, how he wanted to save me from all my sin and shame that I carried even as a 14 year old. And I turned around in my seat and knelt down and gave my life to Jesus that night. Um, didn't really grow much um, in my faith until I was in college and there got into a good church that taught about you know the Bible and learned about the Holy Spirit and who he is and the power of the Holy Spirit and how he's inside me and we partner together in life and he helps me in every in any situation so just felt a huge transformation um, becoming a I guess a born-again Christian from being Catholic and just learning how God loves me unconditionally that I don't have to go to confession I don't have to prove myself to him I just have to be his daughter and just let him love me and just love him isn't that beautiful i love how she says that the holy spirit is her partner in everything so 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 good so whenever we talk about sharing our faith here at grace we give you three words to remember into what as to what you could do so whether you are talking to a friend or somebody you know really well, or a stranger, or anybody who you come into contact with, you can always be doing one of three things. The first one is prayer. And Carl talks about that last week, and we handed out, we've got tools for you guys for every week of this, but there were these bookmarks. So if you were here, I hope you've been doing the prayer things on the back. That has been so fun for me to do um, in my own personal life. And then, um, but if you weren't here, we've got plenty of these left over and you can get them in the back as you leave today. Um, prayer is the foundation. It's not like, the, again, it just, it tells God that this is his thing and it allows him to do the really hard burdeny work so that we don't have to carry that. The next one is care. And that just means loving others, being like Jesus. And so that could be with somebody that you know, like the time that um, God asked me to write a letter to my friend for her birthday, who is not a believer. And in it, he, he told her how loved she was and how pursued she was and how she wasn't alone. And how it didn't matter how much shame or whatever she was carrying around that she was free in him. And she called me crying when she received it. And she said, Sarah, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that. I don't know what God has done exactly in her life since then, but I know that I was obedient to what He asked me to do. And that maybe I'm just one of multiple different avenues that He's reaching her. Sometimes He does ask us to talk to strangers, which I know we talked about, that's kind of like a thing, right? 
But this one time I was at Walmart getting a few things and I saw this, um, this couple, a very, very young couple, and she was very, very, very pregnant and they were in the baby section. And God said, I want you to go buy them some diapers. I was like, okay. I, can't, I wish that I would have said like I ran, but like I didn't. <laughs> and so I went over and I gave them some money and I said, God told me that I'm supposed to give you this for diapers. Um, And is there any way that I can pray for you? And they said, actually, yeah, um, we're having a few complications here at the end of pregnancy, and we're just really scared. And um, and so I was able to pray for them, and it was really, really beautiful. And I'll tell you what, church, I left Walmart that day, like on cloud nine. Who can say that about leaving Walmart? Like, I was so happy. Like, I was so full of just joy and knowing, A, that I had been obedient, but that I was been a part of what God was doing in their life. And it was so cool to partner with Him in that. And the third thing is share. And Carl's going to talk more about that next weekend. And so I'll, I'll let him uh, do that. But what I don't want you to leave here today without getting is understanding how important, how important it is for, to know the, the difference that partnering with the Holy Spirit as we share the good news of Christ, what a difference that makes. Because it helps us trust that He's going to do the most important work. And all that we really need to do is come and be ready to do what He asks us to do. So I want to take just a minute, and I want you just to yourself ask, do I have a heart posture that's ready and willing to do whatever the Holy Spirit asked me to do? And if the answer is yes, praise God. But if it's no, I want you just to ask Jesus this real quick. Ask Jesus, what is in the way? So go ahead and do that. I'll give you just a minute. As God reveals those things to you, I just want you to put your hands out in front of you and say, God, I'm sorry that I've been so afraid. I'm sorry that fear is what has been in the way. And God, I'm sorry that there's a hurt in my past that won't, I, I just, I can't get past that hurt. And so I can't partner with you because I'm, I'm not sure that I trust who you are because somebody else was a really bad picture of who you are to me. Or God, I'm so sorry that I've tried to do this on my own. God, I'm sorry that I've been too busy, that I've just had too much going on and I'm just not even listening. And God, as I, as I give you these things, as I turn them over to you and I repent, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would flood this place right now with your love and your grace and your power and your boldness and your courage. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we, as we wrap up here today, as you guys came in, you got our next tool for the series. You guys should have all gotten a wristband and I think they're gone. So if you didn't get one, don't steal one from the kids, okay? All right, so this bracelet says prayer, care, 
and share on it as a reminder to you of what you can be doing. And then it says, each one, reach one. And I have a challenge for you, if you'll accept it. I want you to ask who this bracelet represents. It represents a person. It could be the same person from your bookmark, or it could be a completely different person. Just ask God about that. But what I want you to do is I want you to wear this bracelet until you see breakthrough in that person's life. Now, that might take a while, right? You guys might get tan lines from it. Um, but I want you to be willing to keep this on as a reminder of that person. And when that person sees breakthrough in their life, I want you to hand them this bracelet as a reminder to them of all the prayer and the work and the pursual that has happened on their behalf in, in you and in the spiritual realm. And I want you to challenge them to do the same thing with it. Can you see what could happen if we do that? You see how we could ripple effect our entire community? It would be so great. And I just want to encourage you guys right now as the worship team starts to come up that it isn't about you. And so as we lead into this last song, I just want you to come ready to have your heart transformed and partner with the Holy Spirit in how you do this from here out. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.